The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Well, happy Victory Monday, Cowboys Nation. We are joined here today by the one and only Christy Scales. We have Aisha Morrison as we are talking all things our 4 and one Dallas Cowboys who beat the Los Angeles Rams 22-10. to Christy, we talked about this last week that we love talking on this Victory Monday. What is your initial reaction? Aisha, then we'll go to you. There is plenty to talk about, but how are you feeling after what we saw yesterday? It was a Cowboys takeover at SoFi, and... Well over half of the 74,000 fans uh, were Cowboys fans. And so it started the first series. Rams got the ball first, and they're having to use the silent silent count in the first series. And then late in the fourth quarter, when they still have a hope for a rally, and the Cowboy fans are chanting defense defense yep. and uh, along Cowboys radio if someone were to tune in the game in progress and not know that the game were being played at SoFi <laughs> and SoCal you would have thought that it uh, were at AT&T Stadium so yep. it was a fun atmosphere it started off with a bang with uh, Dorrance Armstrong's yeah. sack and forced fumble and Demarcus Lawrence with the um, with the fumble return for the touchdown but it was pedal to the metal after that. So it, it was a it was a great road trip and I like these habits of these Victory Mondays. It's yes. nice. It's a it's a good month full of Victory Mondays exactly. so far. Aisha, how are you feeling? What was your initial reaction after Sunday night and how are you feeling today on this Victory Monday? I just feel like um, you know, Trayvon tweeted out like great team win and I and it sounds so cliche, you know, coming from these players, but at this point I really think that what what you looking like there for? Oh no, my bad. <laughs> No, but so, I, my bad. <laughs> Jazzy's talking to me about something very I'm still important. A, no, I'm still learning. Leave me alone. But, no, yes, I same. think that um, this team is just continuing to show us that they're the epitome of complimentary football. Like, when you look back at how they're winning these games, I mean, 10 first downs by the, the offense is insane, man. Like, when you think about that wholeheartedly, but you're getting something from every, you know, facet of this team. And so I think the special teams play yesterday was intricate. I think that obviously what the defense did was important. But the Cowboys, the offense made plays when they needed to make plays. And I think that collectively they're really playing for each other. It's not always going to look pretty, but putting together wins in this way is remarkable because teams don't win without their starting quarterback nor do they win consecutive games it has to be a collective effort and I think we're starting to see that every week at a more consistent basis at this point sure and so the reason I was making that face is because I really wanted to hype you guys up for the start of the victory <laughs> Monday and we were supposed to go to this soundbite straight off the top but Jazzy and I just got so excited so Jazzy if you will please uh, let everybody know what D-Law had to say about Mike McCarthy's underdog comments and uh, what he said post win in the locker room Coach McCarthy, right? Um, you know, we, we never go into any situation thinking we're underdogs. You know, we always know, like, you know, we ended to winning, and uh, you know, but being the underdog uh, also, you know, puts a fire underneath us, letting letting us know like we still have something to prove. So we take it. All right, and so again, apologies for that mishap there. But um, ladies, I want to ask you. So obviously, we're talking about complimentary football. That's something Mike McCarthy is very big on within this culture, within this locker room. Uh, a big part of that, and and you hear those those post game interviews and mm-hmm. and um, you know press conferences, and you hear them saying 
all three phases. Now, something that's very incredible, I think, being uh, you know in the position that the Cowboys are is watching how the defense has really come to light. Mm. And we we talked about this. We talked about how last season it ended, and and uh, everyone was saying, "Man, how can they get any better than this?" And it seems like every week since they have gotten better and better and better uh, this season. And so, uh, Christy, I want to ask you: You were on the sidelines during this game, and you always give us the best insight. What was the energy like on the sidelines? Because it was a bit of a roller coaster uh, of a game with those emotions. So what was it like on the sidelines? And what were some of the things that you saw specifically when those defensive plays were happening and uh, really throughout the game? I'll take it back to D-Law since mm-hmm. uh, yep. he was oh, he yeah. was preaching in the locker room after the game and he was preaching there in the uh, second quarter. I'll give you the... Uh, exact moment here. Uh, what had happened was the third and seventeen. Th- that's right. Yes. So what happened uh, there? Uh, nine and a half minutes to go, and the Rams take a lead with that seventy-five yard mm. uh, touchdown catch, mm. catch and run by uh, Cooper Cup. And then the Cowboys' offense answers. That's when Tony Pollard has the fifty-seven yard touchdown run. Yep. Now D. Law gathered up. All of the defensive players, right in, you know, what happens on the on the bench. The right side of the Cowboys bench is defense. The left side of the bench is offense. And so it goes uh, from the middle in, closest to the Gatorade buckets in the middle, are the defensive backs, and then you have the linebackers, and then on the far end is the defensive linemen. Well, D-Law gathered them all up to talk to them because they had given up this touchdown. But it wasn't right when they came off after giving up the score. It was after Pollard's run, Mm. okay? But he brought them up, and I can't repeat – a lot of the words because I, I don't know I'm, my my background is radio but I assume that George Carlin's seven words that you can't say on yep. radio and TV also applies to uh, podcasts and especially to a family friendly one like ours but I uh, I think the way I described it for my article for Dallas Morning News was half fire and brimstone and half inspirational mm-hmm. but they weren't going to put up with any of that nonsense like that long uh, touchdown catch so it's really fun to see the dynamics. I've talked about it before. Every you know, year to year, things change on the sideline because you have new players coming in, or you have different coaches, or some coaches are now on the sideline that used to be in the booth. And then you have these players that mature into their role as veteran leaders. And Demarcus has been that for several years for the Cowboys. But um, it, it was just really fun to to see him, you know, take it upon himself to make yeah. sure that everyone was on the same page. No, there's a standard. There's a new standard on the defensive side of the ball. And um, I saw it actually in the second quarter. Um, it was 9-3. to three. There was a third and 17. You saw um, Tank come all the way from, you know, the line of scrimmage. He made the tackle that, that actually was a, a long third down for the Rams. And they got more yardage on that. On that um, on that play, then I think Tank would have liked, and him and Anthony Barr are the guys who actually made the tackle. But I he got up and immediately started you know barking at the defensive right. linemen and yeah. stuff because it's so weird. Like this defense, they feel it, se- it seems like they almost feel disrespected when you score on them or when they when people get a play on them, and that's I think that just speaks to what they want to be. And it's it's crazy because this defense is has honestly it has really been built. And when you look at what they did, especially with Dan Quinn coming in, I remember when Dan Quinn came in and Joe Wood Jr. and Edwards, and I remember listening to their interviews, and they were all echoing the same things. Like they were like, "We want these guys to know what they're looking at, so they can play fast. Mm-hmm. They they their processing is is 
adequate so they can go play fast and, and uh, rally to the ball. And I think this year is what you're seeing. You're no longer in an install period. I think people forget that a lot of that defense last year was installed during a COVID year. Right. Um, Cowboys had almost, what, I think a 60% turnover in the locker room. You got new coordinators in here. And they were able to put together the year that they had. And with key starters out for the majority of the season, you didn't see Tank until the end of the year. You didn't see Neville until the end of the year. And this year, you know, post-COVID, a full training camp, like a full rookie minicamp, all that stuff, I think that you're just seeing the development of guys. Like, you look at Adorance Armstrong, you're like – We've been waiting and wondering, like, why are they keeping this guy around? But the the things he brings for you on special teams, you've talked about it. You've talked about yeah. the timing and how milliseconds matter. And when you look at how he blocks these punts, his form is correct. Because you got to mm-hmm. look at how many guys get the opportunity to block a punt and they hit the kicker. Yeah, They hit yeah. the kicker. They're getting penalties. They're mm-hmm. getting flagged. But that also goes to, to me, like what Bones Fossil has put together on the special team side of the ball to where you see guys thriving they're also like a Kelvin Joseph. Like we, I know we're gonna get to get to everything else, but I, I think that it's interesting to see there's real coaching on this de- defensive side of the ball that's happening because you're seeing improvement from guys that maybe you didn't expect to see improvement from. You better play from Anthony Brown. You look at, I mean, I think that Trayvon Diggs has even improved individually, but the coaching matters. Like what Al Harris is doing, Coach D. I can't. I don't want to mess up his name, Coach Dirt. Dirty. Dirty. It's, Coach Dirty. Yeah. Not like dirty laundry. No, no, not D U R D E. Yes, yes. Dirty. So, dirt, uh-huh. Coach Dirty, what he's doing with this defensive line is they're impressive. Getting, they're getting dirty. Well, <laughs> down and dirty. Okay, okay. Oh, that should be their name down for, the, and, for the D line. Okay, down not, and dirty. They're getting down and dirty. They, it's the new t shirt. We uh, should call You know what? That's I'm actually really, really catchy. Call Cowboys merchandise. But what right he's doing with this defensive line, granted, you know, um, um, Dan Quinn is pulling all the strings with the development from these guys. Look at Oso Adigizua. I remember when Oso came in, I immediately thought, like, okay, this guy's going to eat up double teams. He's going to cause problems, whatever. But now he has this pass rush ability, and you, he got to put that on full display yesterday with them being compromised, with the Rams being compromised in the middle of that defensive line. I just – I really think that – we just I don't want to short shortcome what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball and the development that yeah. it's taken to get there for certain positions in certain roles. Yeah. The and the, the depth is just outstanding. It's not and the you norm. Know, yes, yesterday they were playing without to their starting defensive tackle Quentin Bohanna. And yeah. you didn't and then, Oh, and then you look at if you look at the tape, I mean Carlos Watkins comes in yeah. and you don't see a, a down tick. And that's yeah. Yeah. that's what I'm saying. And you have Tristan Hill come in. A lot of this a lot of people wrote him off. A lot of people didn't think this guy was gonna make it. I'm not gonna sit up here and act like I was one of those people because I'm on the record saying that I thought he could make this defense and sure. make this defense better. And I'm just I'm impressed with what I see from the defensive line. But imagine being a imagine being an offensive coordinator and Micah Parsons goes off the field and you're like, okay. We can, we can get, breathe. We, we can, can do get a couple something. plays yeah. in. Yeah. And yeah. then Dan Quinn brings in um, Sam Williams to play a lot of the yeah. similar role that he plays. Like, well, talk about him. Well, he had a great game. San, uh, Coach McCarthy uh, yes. spoke just a little earlier the press conference. He acknowledged that, yes, this is Sam Williams. He's the second-round pick, the Absolutely. rookie. That it's his uh, best game so mm-hmm. far. But it's also Sam's ex- uh, most extended playing time. Yes. And what happened was, uh, remember early in the fourth quarter, it was at the 11:32 mark, and two players went down on the field, Demarcus Lawrence and then yeah. the left guard, the offensive yeah. line, 
lineman for the Rams mm-hmm. who went into um, for a cognitive evaluation. They were checking him for a concussion. He didn't return to the game. And Demarcus Lawrence, when he came to the sideline, he didn't get any more medical attention. But here's the thing. D-Law did not go back in the game and play those final um couple of defensive series Mm -hmm. and coach McCarthy told us not on air um, in the press conference but the walk-off coming down the hall afterwards he said that uh, DeMarcus uh, took a a hit to the ribs actually it was it was friendly fire Sam Williams Sam Williams and uh, Demarcus Lawrence met at the quarterback. They—that's mm. the defensive lineman. They say meet you at the quarterback. Well, yeah. they met at Matt Literally. Stafford. Yeah. Stafford ducked down and Sam hit uh, yeah. Demarcus. But anyway, so that's the reason why Demarcus was not in there for the end. It was the fewest snaps that Demarcus has had so far this year. I believe he just played 38 of the 55. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played 36 of 55 defensive snaps, and Sam Williams had a season high 25 snaps. But the thing about Sam Williams is he's tall, he's lean. And most defensive ends are, are like that. They're they're like D- Dorrance Armstrong, mm-hmm. Demarcus Lawrence, tall and skinny. But Williams, even though he's young and he hasn't had a full offseason of the conditioning program, he's got great strength. And so when they um, go to these NASCAR packages, that's their pass rush package, they can take Williams and slide him inside. So he can rush from the interior. So when Demarcus is on the sideline, in the fourth quarter when you're really needing to dial up the pass rush, the fact that the rookie not only can step in and play for Demarcus Lawrence, I'm not saying he's Demarcus Lawrence, but can step in and take right. his role from rushing on the inside. What great versatility. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And, and you know what I think was very well put by Jerry Jones post-game was he said, you're playing, they're playing at an inspirational level, obviously talking about the defense, saying he, that Dan Quinn is letting his best players play in the best spot that they are doing their best in a lot of best there but it makes sense and and that's why you have so much depth you have so much versatility they you know this defense is setting the tone for this entire team and um really it's it's just been incredible to watch you you listen to all of those post-game press conferences and I I love those because they give you such a good insight Mm -hmm. to how they're feeling you know especially after a game like this and Zeke was the first one to say kudos to our defense I mean he was the first one to come out and, and talk about that Tyler Smith talked about the defense, um, and and so it was um, it was a beautiful game for Dan Quinn to get his flowers, and and I tweeted this out. I don't want Dan Quinn to just get flowers. I want him to get the whole flower shop because <laughs> he deserves it for what he has brought out in these guys. And I think a lot of it goes back to something that a lot of these players mention is the culture. This is a very very thriving culture for the players right now. They all feel it. They all trust each other. They all hold e- each other accountable. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's a very special team. Yeah. It's a very special defense that um, I, I think goes without saying, and you see it. And, and you can tell they're connected they're in it they have each other's backs I mean it's just it is amazing to see yeah. mm-hmm. and importantly they accept their roles right yeah right. That's, that, a- that's tough in a professional team where everybody's got egos you know uh, I asked uh, coach McCarthy in the press conference a little earlier today about Anthony Barr so he's a late you know he didn't join Cowboys training camp he didn't join the Cowboys until the middle of training camp he's this you know multi-time pro bowler with the Minnesota Vikings, great linebacker, one of the faces of the franchise in Minnesota. He's like the guy, one of the guys yeah. for that for, uh, for that franchise. And yet he comes to Dallas, he brings zero attention to himself. Yep. He's not, you know, crowing in front of his locker trying to, you know, get media attention. He's not playing nearly as much as he did in Minnesota. And but 
he's McCarthy talked about his great professionalism and just, uh, you know, the great instincts that he has and what an impact player he is. But it's a really good example of a guy coming in, accepting his role, adding to the culture, and then when he gets his chances on the field, you mentioned the tackle on the was it the screen pass that you made yes. anyway so uh he he's playing lights out yeah and Vanderesh is having a good year too much yeah. better I was about I to was say, we s- saw a lot of Vanderesh mm-hmm. yesterday and mm-hmm. and I think Anthony Barr was more of a silent killer because you look at the stats he had four tackles and two assists but what I really appreciate about the versatility within this defense is the stats don't always reflect the amount of impact that these players exactly. are having exactly. when you look back at it because you know Anthony Barr was mentioned a lot I know we were watching and and I just kept seeing him just kind of fly by and I'm like Anthony Barr you are getting my attention today and I'm looking at these stats and it doesn't reflect the same thing but it's playing with impact like you said it's being an impactful player opening up uh, plays for other guys right so I I think that is so so important to keep in mind when you're looking at stats so Jazzy we're going to take it to break in a very special way today here on Girls Talk Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys we're going to go out to break with this clip of Zeke we're going to talk more offense when we come back I mean we go against that defense every day and, and they're a handful so I feel bad for those opposing offenses at Jigsaw Dating we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home but to be honest we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger that's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper because it's personality that matters the most not looks Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With Blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at Blockchain.com. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome. 
Welcome back to a Victory Monday edition of Girls Talk. Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. But first, mark your calendar for the fall sip and stroll in the Star District on Wednesday, October 12th from 6 to 9 p.m. Guests will enjoy sips from over a dozen participating restaurants and shops while enjoying live music, exclusive promotions, and a limited edition tasking glass. Even more than that. How exciting does that sound? Get your tickets for only $15 at thestardistrict.com. $15. That's that, that, that is a really great. good deal. That's yeah. a good deal for all of them. For sure. We for sure. love a good sip and stroll, especially at the Star. Oh. Beautiful place. But I wanted to mention this to you all because Todd Archer actually tweeted this out today saying, what does a four-game winning streak mean for Dallas Cowboys history? Well, this is the 34th season that they have had at least one four-game win streak. In the previous 33 seasons, they have made the playoffs 31 times. They missed the postseason 2011 and 1990. So, making history. Past uh, interference. We love it. There's, there's a little past interference for y'all to start <laughs> off our second segment. So, we ended the last segment with Zeke giving kudos uh, there to the defense saying, I don't want to be any uh, opposing offenses that face them. But let's switch gears. Let's talk about the offense. Uh, you know, not so flashy with uh, the stats when you look back. Uh, a bend but never break mentality, it seems like, with that uh, offense. And, and just looking at these stats, it's kind of incredible, actually, because the passing yards that the Cowboys offense had <laughs> 76 passing yards uh, on the other side of the ball Los Angeles had 285 but then you reverse that right rushing yards the Cowboys had 163 rushing yards and then the Rams had 38 rushing yards talk about stopping the run uh, the Cowboys defense there but ladies I wanted to get your initial reaction on what we saw on the offense the good the bad the ugly the in-between what has uh, really improved these last couple of weeks specifically and what still needs work Christy I'm gonna start with you and then we're gonna jump to Aisha because I know y'all have a lot to say well I would say the same thing as last week that it wasn't pretty with the run game, but it was consistent. Mm, and sure. the analogy I think I used last week was boxing, where you jab, jab, yep. jab, 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 body blows, body blows, and then the haymaker. And when we think of the haymaker, you know, you're usually thinking of, we talked about play action pass setting up um, the big pass plays last week. Well, this time the haymaker was the 57-yard run by Tony Pollard, who mm -hmm. was able to break a few arm tackles there. So kudos to Tony Pollard, who in his postgame comments was uh, quick to credit the offensive line for opening a hole for him. But he did he did break a couple tackles after they opened that hole. So great job by him. But yeah, they, they were able to stay committed to the run. And that's what was really important. And even in the fourth quarter, you know, they were able to run a lot mm -hmm. of the, the clock as well. But, yeah, if you were to say uh, Cooper Rush did not complete a pass to a tight end or to Zeke or Pollard and that uh, he only completed uh, 10 passes overall, we would all think, uh-oh, mm -hmm. or or just first quarter, right? You know? right. But um, to, to get a win after that, uh, what were you thinking about the passing game yesterday, Alicia? I mean, because um, I think everyone, I, I saw on Twitter, I feel a lot of people are kind of down about, the, I guess, the offensive performance. And for me, I like that they are seeing what is working and just going with it. Um, and, you know, Mike McCarthy talked about that actually just a few minutes ago in his, um, in his press conference. He used the word mandate. Um, in regard to this this being a defensive-minded team and him working with Kellen to to keep that in mind. And I think that a lot of the run game has to do with what they're doing, like as far as defense. And I think that um, what they kind of have going on with TP and Zeke, 
I like it. I, I like it. It makes it makes sense. And I understand, you know, more people want to see TP. I think he did show some physicality yesterday. He dipped his shoulder a couple of times. But the the way that they're doing it where Zeke is the guy that really tires you out and um, the change of pace with Tony Pollard, I think that's going to keep defenses on their heels. And I think that's something they should definitely continue. Now, um, I think with the offensive line, I got to talk about uh, Connor McGovern. I gave him a last time, a long time, like last week, I gave him a hard time and. I think that he came in this game. You can see that, obviously, he got his legs under him, having a full week of practice, which it was important to me. But this guy came out, and he really showed, I think, a lot of the reason why we were sitting here like, why is this not Tyler's job in training camp? Granted, I'm not saying who's better, but I do think that um, Connor McGovern has improved. And, you know, you talked about that. Um, you talked about that, uh, Jess, like, Players are allowed to get better, y'all. Yeah, They're allowed yes. to get better. I think we forget about that. And I think um, Connor McGovern was one of the few offensive linemen that did have, have that many problems with Aaron Donald yesterday. I mean, they moved him around, put him on multiple guys. He gave Tyler, you know, some fits. And I know we're going to talk about, you know, Tyler and his resiliency because I thought he played better in the second half and really adjusted to – Aaron Donald and some of the stuff he was throwing at him. Um, but I don't know. I think this offensive line is playing better than what I think people expected them to play. Yeah. Um, and also, to and I just, I don't know. I think that we have to acknowledge that this offensive line still has room for improvement, but they're not nearly as bad as what I think we initially expected to them, them yeah. to be at the beginning of the year. Well, yeah. one, one thing that um, Coach McCarthy was talking about last week was the improved communication on Checking the offensive that. line that Definitely. that Beotich, Tyler Biotish, the center, better job of communicating. But also remember, you were talking about McGovern, Tyler Smith, and training camp, left guard, and yeah. you know Jason Peters coming in, yeah. mm -hmm. and so. And now you don't have Tyron Smith anymore at left tackle. Now it's Tyler Smith. So there have been so many moving parts yes. on the left side of that offensive line that communication is a key mm -hmm. for the offensive line. And one more point, I'm glad you brought up Connor McGovern because he really fought through yesterday, and I don't just mean going against Aaron Donald in the Rams <laughs> defensive line. Didn't know this till postgame mm. afterwards, but he uh, was uh, – we know that he's had the ankle injury where yeah. he missed the game a couple of weeks ago. He was fighting through a bad elbow as well wow. so he would meaning that he didn't have the strength on the punch so the punch would be when you know you're coming what? off the coming off the snap of the ball and you engage you know right on, into the defensive lineman's chest and so imagine not having full wow. strength to do that with your arm and then of course you've got a gimpy ankle as well I'm so yeah. shook. I'm a little and, shook by that you know, because he's gonna need him yeah and I'm going back through the notes we were talking about uh you know Tony Pollard's um you know, run his 57 yard run for the touchdown. I actually wrote down here, Connor McGovern, great block on uh, Aaron Donald. So yeah. playing with a, a little bit of a hurt arm or elbow, you said that's, that's incredible that he was able to make that block. You look back, that was just a beautiful block by him. Zach Martin also getting kudos with that block there. So something I wanted to mention, this ties back into, you know, the O-line and the run game and, and how important that is. I just mentioned how stats don't reflect the importance of some players. I think Zeke is a perfect example of that because you look back at yesterday's, um, you know, stats. He had 22 carries, which I personally love to see, uh, for 78 yards, averaging 3.5 yards with those carries. That doesn't say the importance he had in this game yeah. that does not reflect 
any of the importance he had because with Zeke, when you allow him to not only establish the run and you pound, you get those three yards. Um, I believe it was Tyler Smith in his post game press conference that said, you know, you just keep going. You People keep don't want to tackle him. You, you no. get you get three three of those. You have a first down, right? Yes. And and he brings this force with him, and he wears down defenses. And I think that's so extremely overlooked when we're talking about Ezekiel Elliott. Not to mention his pass pro and the amount of blocking that he does. Yeah. That is so important, uh, really, for the entire game. So I wanted to mention that. Mention that because it's just I think it's very overlooked that. Uh, Total yardage in a game really doesn't matter as much as how much you're accumulating uh, to shut down the defense with that short yardage and wear them out. I, I think Zeke is somebody who really had an impact in this game that um, I, I think goes a little bit overlooked because you look at Tony Pollard's numbers and they're very flashy, right? He had 86 yards, averaging uh, 10.8 yards a carry with only eight touches on the ball. So you look at those, and and it's uh, it, it's back to your point of players can get better, but you can have a two-for-one. You can have both Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. You don't have to pick you between need one them. or the other. You need both I mean, of them. You do. But, but they... nobody told the Saints to pick when they had Kamara right. and um, what was the gentleman's name? Um, Ingram. Ingram. Nobody yeah. told them to pick. Yes. Nobody made them do that. And like and like you've talked about, like with the Cowboys, it's not a pick-and-choose thing. They they – I mean, Zeke told TP, like, hey, man, get ready. (laughs) Get ready to come out here and get me, man. Like, and that's, and to me, I I like that we're getting that commentary because there's no who who's this or who's doing that they care about each other like they and care you know, about it's incredible it's, zeke or tony pollard coming off of what we learned was a, a stomach illness oh yeah he's yeah. during he his fatigued, week right yeah and, stomach flu and i'm like guys to play with the post stomach flu and and to put up those numbers yeah. incredible so i'm giving flowers to both zeke and tony pollard today because they are a dynamic duo keyword there mm-hmm. duo both of them are so important for different reasons and and i just oh man it irks me to see the discussion coming up of oh who's running back one it doesn't matter well, because we need both of them really you need it, it only them. it only matters to fantasy football players <laughs> and that's go. that's why i hate fantasy football I'm it's right the there bane you, of Christy. existence i don't play i hate fantasy football because right what happens is people root for individuals instead of for you know their their favorite team or whatever yeah and and uh, it goes to your point jess of a, a player's value cannot be determined by stats alone but i'm just so glad that you're uh, given Zeke the kudos because he's such an unselfish player. He has one of the highest football IQs that you'll ever see. He's very unselfish, and he's willing to do the dirty work. And it goes back to one thing that Jason Garrett said, uh, who was head coach, obviously, when Zeke was brought in. He says, I've never seen a guy that's better off the ball than yeah. Zeke Elliott. And that's not just pass protection, you know. But we saw what happened yesterday when Zeke wasn't there and that, that yep. uh, one, the blitz, Pollard didn't identify it, and, yep. and Cooper Rush got crushed from the backside. I don't that know how ugly. he was unable – he avoided a – a fumble there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't believe he Luckily, held onto that ball. Yes. But yeah, but uh, Zeke is a special player, and to be the superstar that he is, and yet he's the one that's promoting Pollard mm-hmm. in right. the media right. and to all the fans. And, and stuff. that goes along that's with the special. culture. That, that's the culture that we're talking about too, right? And and we talked about this even with Cooper Rush and Dak Prescott with with what that situation is looking like. And so um, let's switch from the run game to the pass game. Absolutely. Just taking a quick look there. Uh, something I wanted to ask you guys, and I was uh, very anxious to see what both of y'all were going to answer to this question was 
the dropped passes with mm. Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb. Is that something that is concerning to either of you? Do you think it's just like a little bit of a mishap there? What were your initial thoughts? And do you think that those drops could have potentially changed the outcome of the game? No, absolutely, because they're on third down. There you go. And they were both and they were both like when you're playing with a backup quarterback and he he gives you a good ball, you gotta make the best out of it. Um, because actually some of those like those two drops were to me some of Cooper Rush's better throws in this game. And when he's putting that zip on that ball, trying to give these guys a chance, especially when you start talking about like the lack of big plays yesterday, they're gonna have to capitalize. I was actually I was definitely disappointed in um the drops. They were they were hard on each other about the drops. It looks like I wonder what the energy was like after on the sideline with the drops. But um the receiver core I felt like could have did a better job yesterday helping out their quarterback from different levels. Granted, they were very active in blocking. We've seen um, the receiver core be active there. But as far as receiving yesterday, I think they could have did a better job, you know, coming back to the quarterback when he was scrambling, coming to help him out. Um, And, yeah, I I think a lot of it was the fact that this game – plan looked like it was centered around running the ball a lot so then you are going to have guys cold you're going to have guys I mean it's no excuse they just got to stay interested they got to stay in phase they got to stay in the game even though they know the ball's not coming to them and that's like it's a maturity thing it's something that happens but yeah they gotta they gonna have to grab those balls when they come to them yeah Christy what was the feeling like after both of those two drops on the sideline yeah uh, it's funny because I think that people think on the sideline that the coaches yell at players for messing up. <laughs> no, right. And it's just the, the opposite. It's more picking picking people up. Because mm-hmm. right. there's no one harder on C.D. Lamb for dropping a ball than C.D. Right. There's no one harder on Michael Gallup for dropping a ball than, than Michael Gallup. And then Michael come back he comes back later and makes that, that awesome catch down the right <laughs> sideline. How he got toe. his feet in. Oh. Incredible catch. Yep. But uh, I think Aisha's best point in all that is that it happens on third down. And the Cowboys' offense has got to improve on third, third down. down. You can't be between 30 and 33% yeah. for the season. And when you talk about complimentary football, this Cowboys' offense needs to help its defense. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And, no, go ahead, but, well, towards the end, they were able to uh, possess the ball. Again, we talked about staying uh, steady with the run, committed to the run. Uh, they were able to convert some of those first downs there in the fourth quarter and, and able to run more of the clock. But you can't rely on the defense to give up just one touchdown a game exactly. for yeah. more than a, a few games. Right. Now, I know that it's happened for uh, – Five games now, yep, five but games. that's not reasonable. Uh, and so, and I know we're going to talk about special teams in just a little bit. But yesterday, special teams giveth and special teams taketh away. Right. Sure did. So <laughs> there, were, there, was, there were some positives and some some negatives, which we'll we'll talk about. But um, yeah, it. But going back to your point about the drops and what what happens with teammates and coaches on the sideline, it's just the opposite. It's not like no. People don't yell at each other on the sideline generally. It's more encouragement. And when I talked earlier about Demarcus Lawrence, a little hellfire and brimstone, but it was also mixed with encouragement and motivation. Yeah. And uh, you're talking about third down efficiency. The Cowboys oh, were 5 out of 15. Yeah, with that, yeah 33%. Oh, with that that just, they were 5 for 15 the, the week before, that if is, I'm not mistaken. Yeah. You, don't, you don't want to be consistent in that. That and, needs to improve. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you also don't want to be consistent with penalties. Guys, you knew it was coming from me. But, uh, you know, what I have seen is the discipline with the penalties. They were coming from pretty reasonable things. I mean, you had Tyler Smith with the 
two holding penalties. He was, look, I will give him the pass because he was going against a very, very tough challenge. And that just minimizes Aaron Donald, right? Like that minimizes what Tyler Smith was having to do. But to your point, Christy, too, is uh, the run game is important to establish. And and we just talked about why. But that opens up for the pass game and Mm. the play action that is so important. And, And I feel like sometimes the offense gets the run game established. Cool. It's established. We're there. Now you have to be open up. You have to be open up for that passing game to really continue, and you have to just start with the basics, which is catching the ball when it's catchable. And I, I looked back at both of those uh, drops from both CD and Michael Gallup. They were catchable, and that's so. It was frustrating. I'm glad it didn't deter the game. And yes, that to your point, they have to be better on those third downs overall. But um, what I really liked about your your circle back to the sideline was. We heard CD talk about how he was so hard on himself. Um, what what game did he have that have the drop recently? It was what, what was it two two weeks two ago? weeks ago, yeah. right? Um, and and he talked about how it was eating him alive with with that game, and and he came back and and he made a play. What I really appreciate about this team is the accountability, and mm. and you have the accountability to the guy next to you, but you also have the accountability within yourself to come back and, and make it a play. So um, it, it's frustrating, I, I think, especially at the time, but you also have that mentality of, all right, I'm going to do it again. And, and something that Tyler Smith actually talked about um, during you know, the game and, and what he learned was very interesting, and I think it ties in perfectly. Jazzy, do we have that sound bite? You just got to be resilient. Like, you know, you – in that snap that you fell, like you can't change the game anymore on that snap. You gotta you gotta look to that next snap and you gotta hone in on the technique. You're gonna fall to the level of your training every time. That's something I definitely I feel like I had to do today for sure. Mm. Oh. He's he's wise beyond his years. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that is. Tyler Smith, yeah. And I think that's the perfect way to end this segment here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by the uh, Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll be back to talk about special teams and some team MVPs. You don't wanna miss it. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation, so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. It's Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar. You no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups. So you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. But first, let's talk about single game tickets, everybody. How exciting. Limited tickets are remaining for the home games of the 2022 Dallas Cowboys season at AT&T Stadium, and they are available now. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash tickets or SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing partner of AT&T Stadium. Um, I just want to say, everybody, please go to these games be loud because this this game proves just how much of an advantage uh even if it's an away game that home field advantage can be yeah. when everybody's nice and loud and christy said she was feeling it on the sidelines absolutely so and you know what one of the things that i love to do especially for away games is all throughout the week i ch- i go to seatgeek.com yeah not just because they're our, pr- our partner with the dallas <laughs> cowboys but i'm always curious as to the resale value of tickets because yeah. wherever the cowboys go the prices go up so for this philly game philly being five and oh and the cowboys four and one guess uh, the cheapest ticket right now on seatgeek.com a week away is $340, and that's in the corner of the upper deck. Now, for L.A., yesterday, SoFi Stadium, all week long, the – they have a standing room only in the 400 level and one at the 500 level. Those were $220 and up Wow! for the standing room only. Wow. Now, you're saying, it's L.A. Everything's expensive in L.A. Well, that's true, but the um, Rams host Carolina this weekend – who fired their coach today, by the way. Matt Rule got fired by the Panthers. But Chronicles. anyway, but the ticket, the ticket, the, 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 same, the, same, the same standing room only ticket for Rams Panthers is $50. Wow. Resale. So $50, $220. $220 was cheap. I mean, it, they those standing room only, some people were asking for $400 for it. But anyway, it's going to be crazy because yeah. the Philadelphia tickets, those at the end of last week were like in the – 140 or 160 range and then philly wins the cowboys win and now it's over 110 dollars higher that is gonna be then that's, that's, that's for the cheap that's the game. cheap section you don't have to catch me at the tailgate because yeah. uh, yeah. no, no. <laughs> so no. My, my favorite tailgate story for philly i love going to philly it, it, but now the since they've been in the link lincoln financial field they kind of lose some of that home field because veteran stadium was an armpit oh was it awful <laughs> it <laughs> was terrible nobody an wanted armpit. to go there nobody wanted to go there i love that christy i'm gonna use that yeah it's an armpit that sounds so bad and so but anyway oh so brian brought us you know with yeah. the cowboys radio longtime cowboy scout he's on cowboys podcast okay, you know he worked for the Eagles, right? For years. Yeah, in the scouting department. Well, their offices were there inside old veteran stadium. And so he tells the story one time of he hears this scream from the secretary, like this blood curdling scream. And it was well known that there were lots of rats at Veterans Stadium, but oh, when no. one fell through the roof no. onto the no. assistant's desk no. is when... No. But anyway, but my favorite tailgating <laughs> no. story, th- th- it's very good tailgating up there. And so... Um, we, it was the first game 
with Terrell Owens as a Dallas Cowboy. Okay, remember he had played for the Eagles and got his way out the thing on the driveway there in Philly, and he worked his way out from the Eagles. (laughs) So anyway, the first game that he was back there, the local radio station, and it is a boys' talk, sports talk. Very rough and tumble. Mm. And they had a thing. It was uh, in conjunction with a local funeral home. And you were to bring your Terrell Owens Eagles jerseys. Bah. And they oh, they, they had so coffins pretty. set up and you set the you set your um, Eagles T.O. jersey in the coffin. That yeah. is petty. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they said they were going to bury them. But I know that they donated them to third world countries. So somewhere in some third, fourth, or fifth world country, there's, there's little kids T.O. running around jerseys. now with uh, T.O. Eagles jerseys. But anyway, I actually bought two, what do you call it, when they're um, not officially licensed, two bootleg, two yeah. bootleg T-shirts, <laughs> white, white with green letters, and it said, you can't spell idiot without T-O. Barnacle. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I got it somewhere. Nah, it's oh, going to be crazy. If, I can, if I can find it, I'll yeah. bring it later in the week. Yeah, so. this is going to be a, this is gonna be a, an interesting week. But real quick, before we run out of time, ladies, we're going to go around. Chrissy, I'm going to start with you. Your MVP and who shocked you the most during this game? Uh, Dorrance Armstrong for his contributions, defense, and special teams. And who shocked me the most? Matt Overton, the long snapper, I was so shocked that that his very first deep snap, uh, he went early and it bounced off of Brian Anger, the the holder. So the timing was off on that, and I was not expecting that. Yeah. Hmm. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a good one. I was 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 prepared for that. All right, so my my what? Say it again. Your MVP, and then who shocked you the most? It could be the same person, but um, if you want to, you you can have a bonus player. My MVP is Connor McGovern. I ain't changing it. I think a lot of what you got in the run game, you don't get without him. And who shocked me? Yeah, it, it, good, good, bad, ugly. Yeah, good or bad. I, I guess mine was bad shock. I it, didn't know. Was it supposed to be I good? I think it or? shocked all of okay. us. Okay. That's, that's okay. fair. Okay. Who shocked me? I'm stressed out. Say yours. Say okay, yours. Okay, okay. So my MVP, uh, I'm going to go with Tony Pollard because he's mm-hmm. fighting a stomach illness this week, and he comes out and he makes the Cowboys' only touchdown of the game. Love that for him. Who shocked me the most? Also, Tony Pollard, because he was coming off of the stomach issue. And, and, you know, during the week, we're just saying illness. But I think any time a player can come out and be impactful post-illness, post-injury, that's great. It didn't necessarily shock me. I figured he would be he would be a key, but only getting eight touches and, and being that impactful, go Tony Pollard. Yeah. Have your flowers. All right. Do you have your most shocking? Yeah, all right. So it, it's not really a shocker, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'm sorry, guys. Um Micah, I think coming in after that groin injury, I mm. was one of the people that was like, y'all, please get him off the field. Like, yeah. you could tell he was hampered. And listening to his interview after, I think that's what shocked me. Like, is that he has such a divine, competitive um, nature that he just won't be denied. And I think that he really does set the precedence for what this defense does. And I, I'm not going to say him playing through injury the way that he played shocked me. I think the result of it is what shocked me because it's not normal, like, what he is doing. And for us to see him physically hampered every week and still pushing, I think it really um, 
it, it should inspire the rest of this team to yeah. play better as well. So there Beautiful. you go. Beautiful. And real quick before we go, just a reminder that today is World Mental Health Day. So please take care of yourself. Take care of those around you. Um, and remember, it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to ask for help whenever you need it. And we are all here supporting everybody. We love you guys and we appreciate you so much. So thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Go enjoy the rest of your Victory Monday, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!